Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew, we have some really exciting news for you today. So, we recently partnered with Blocks Live TV to bring you CCTV, which is a 24 hour cryptocurrency and blockchain news delivered straight to you. So, if you go to our homepage of our website or if you go to the tab called CCTV, you can go and watch and stream right now which is brand new content being delivered to you daily. When you have a moment, please go and check it out. And now for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent, your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I got a really special guest all the way out in Singapore working on a really cool project. If y'all remember Coach K, who previously came on the show, he actually did a warm introduction for me. Before the show even started, had some really good conversation. Looking forward to sharing even more conversation with you all now. We have James Gilligham, and he's working on a really cool project called Finex Flow. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Man, well, thank you for joining us today. I know it is super early where you are, so thanks for spending the time. But you know, before we get started into this conversation, how about you tell us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name is James Gillingham. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Finex Flow. I originally was a trader in a bank. So I was a Forex trader. Um, I then left the investment banking trading world to, uh, to move into a fund of hedge funds where I was part of the team managing $4 billion. I then decided I got, I got, I got sick of the, uh, the corporate world. So I basically said to my boss that I wanted X as a bonus, so a certain bonus package that I, he said, okay, yeah, that's fine. Come around to bonus season and drastically underpaid me. So I was like, okay, I'm leaving. I then created a fully automated trading algorithmic company at the age of 23, 22, 23. Very, very successful for a period of time. And then the volatility died, the fixed side because of the financial crisis at the time. We performed really, really well to begin with. So I ended up selling that. And then after that, kind of traveled around the world a little bit. So I started seeing, seeing the world and then was still kind of dipping my toe in the financial market, setting up fully automated, well, fully, fully regulated brokerages. So this was regulated Forex brokerages, G10 currencies mainly, plugging in liquidity. And then I started trading crypto back in like 2014, 2015, but invested a little bit, started dipping my toe in the market. In really the last two or three years, I was starting getting frustrated at kind of like price discovery and things like that, trying to get top of book, trying to get best price being a trader, right? So I was getting really frustrated. Latency, execution issues, just watch trading, looking at coin market cap, saying, well, how, how can this be true? So I'm trying to hit the bid, but I can't hit the bid, blah, blah, blah. I won't get too technical, but it's very, very frustrating. And that's how Phoenix Flow was, was born. The idea around the frustration that I was finding when I was trying to get deeper liquidity and better execution and things like in the traditional world, which is first look, last look best execution principles just do not apply. And so I was like, okay. So I started looking at what else was out there about a year and a half ago and nothing else was out there, right? So I was like, well, I'll build it myself. The idea was born and it's a little bit about me, my background and the reason why, why I created and started Phoenix. Spoken like a true entrepreneur, right? Especially coming from the finance world, you decide and you say, all right, I want to work for myself. I want to go discover all this stuff. You build your own company, end up selling it, explore for a little while. But then you said back in around 2000. 
2015, you start first getting into crypto. So first, how did you first learn about it? And then what made you decide like, okay, let me see how I can start trading this thing or, or, or getting involved? So it's a very interesting story, actually. So when I just I sold Trigero, um, uh, one of my old employees named Mikey uh, basically called me out of the blue and said, you've got, you got, you got a bunch of money, do you want to invest in it? It's, it's a crypto. At the time, I was like, Mikey, it's rubbish. It's terrible. What, like, <laughs> this, this is never going to take off. Like, oh, what are you talking about, right? He said, no, come on, just do it for me. Give, let's just do a pump. I said, all right, okay, there's 10,000 pounds. Do your best, basically. And then after that, I started watching it. He said that there's all these smart guys involved. And I was like, at the time, I was just like, ah, it's, it's useless. I actually invested in, in the, uh, the funds were in empty gots, mount gots, right? But unfortunately, I didn't make a lot of money from that particular investment. However, it spiked right. my interest enough to start trading. I started trading it. Just some of the issues that I was facing, right? So... I wanted one account, one portal. So I wanted to be able to see like the depth of all the books globally, right? I wanted a global liquidity. And so I was trading through a bunch of different exchanges. I was trying to find one account, especially the latency issues you're executing through one exchange. You're trying to find top of books at the best possible price. At the time, I was managing like three or four different accounts. I've got all my screens open. I mean, from, from, from a non-trader background, looking at four or five, six screens, people go, oh, it's so impressive. But it's really a pain in the backside, right? When you try to yeah. you try to like search, you try to look and try to find, and you're like, oh my god, oh, I've missed the opportunity. That was my entry point. After that frustration of, of a few years, I was like, right, I I really want to build something myself. I was still involved in the traditional world of creating fully automated trading algos, so Ichimoku, moving averages, all this kind of blend of conformity of indicators within the forex markets. And I started to run scripts within the crypto markets. Started doing. Okay, there's some leading and lagging issues that I needed to, to kind of tweak, which was super interesting for me. But then I had my buddy and, and very close friend, Thomas Plastisinski, who's the CTO, like can build anything basically. And I, and I basically, basically sat down with him. We went to Singapore FinTech Festival and I was sat there and I had the idea in my brain. And I was like, hey, Thomas, what do you think of this? We were sat there discussing it for about 30 or 40 minutes. And I said to him, do you, do you think you can build this? And he's very French, right? So he's from Paris. He was like, yes, James, this is very easy, very simple. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, it's very simple. Let's, let's do it. And let's, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's create this, right? So, um, yeah, from, from, from that moment, I, I then uh, I, ha- I had some consultancy work that I was doing. I just kind of put, pushed all that to one side. And I was like, right, okay, I'm going to go in gung-ho as I always do. Like, like it's either for me it's zero or 100. I, 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 can't, I can't sit there in the middle and just say, oh, I'm going to kind of do this a little bit. Yeah, I decided to go full throttle after all of the issues that I had trading crypto. And it's been a really interesting process building this company, as, as, as you and I have been discussing before, before this started, right? It's very interesting. The space is super interesting. The way it's growing, the way it's evolving, the people, the smart minds that are involved, building something that was kind of in my brain and right. kind of some stuff in my underpants in my apartment, like trading, right? But then all of a sudden, you come up with the idea, you kind of you speak to a friend and now we've got like, around 30 staff across three, three offices around the globe. Obviously, we're startup are growing, but we're going to be growing pretty quickly, I'd imagine, by the end of 2021. We're about to be up to about 100 to 150 headcount. We're going to be having a lot of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have a lot of, a lot of different business. So there's a retail arm, there's an institutional arm, there's a prime, prime arm, which I can come on to later on in this interview if you want me to. Yeah, super exciting. So also... For me to police the space as well is very, very important. I want to help space evolve. I always explain this to people like the money's there. I'm not motivated by the money. I, I, like, like, I, can, I can make money. I've made a lot of money. 
the pure motivation is also about improving the space as a whole and getting better execution, better price discovery for clients, making sure that they're always getting top of book, which they're looking to hit, not being shown fictitious prices as well, because pricing normally, generally in, in, in any platform is indicative, right? So what I also want to have is when a trader sees a price, they can hit that price. And for instance, if we're aggregating a liquidity partner, whether that be a bank, an exchange, whether that be a market maker, whoever that particular person is, if that price is being quoted, we should be able to always get that price. Right. Real quick on that. It's something I wanted to, to lead into as we talk more about the next flow is exactly that problem. So I've had some previous guests that I've come on and I didn't really dive too deep into this, but it sounds like this is the whole reason why you started Finex Flow in the first place. Talk to us a little bit about like, what is the liquidity issue that you saw and that is continued to be seen? Because I even see it sometimes with various trading platforms. Can you talk about that particular issue and then how Finex Flow is coming to help solve that issue? Yeah, sure. So essentially, when you're electronically trading, right, and you, you want to hit top of book. So top of book is basically the best price for whatever size. Let's say you're wanting to execute one BTC, right? So you want you want to buy well one BTC and top of book is only 0.2, right? So the best price that you're going to receive for your buy for your purchase of dollars is 0.2. So you're only getting still 20% of your one BTC. So that then means that you're going to get the second best price, third best price, fourth best price. So you're going to slip down the order book depending on how much BTC is available, what you're trying to purchase, right? So you're right. getting worse execution. In the traditional world, that's classed as slippage. That's not something that I want as a trader, right? So if I see a certain price, what we essentially do is that we aggregate multiple pools of liquidity. So instead of going to one exchange, you slide down the order book because you may only get a partial fill. You get partial fill 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%. So the average price, let's say the spot price of Bitcoin is, is say, 10000 right? We'll keep the numbers simple. But your average price, because you're slipping down the order book, could be 10800 but you're nowhere near the spot price, right? So you're paying an $800 premium because the depth of the order book. So what you want to be able to do is you want to have multiple pools of liquidity. So essentially, what we've done, without getting too technical, we have something called TWAP, FEWAP, which is time-weighted average price and volume-weighted average price. So what happens is, is we have multiple pools of liquidity. So we have, say, 25 plus exchanges. We have five banks. So we're also partnering with a bunch of banks that offer liquidity. And then we have some market makers, like the biggest market makers in the world, plugging in their liquidity. So instead of us dropping down one order book, what we do is we aggregate all of those prices together, essentially. We get a much better, tighter, tighter price to spot. So let's assume the top of book is at spot rate. We also have a bunch of protocols that we're also aggregating, so Uniswap, Balancer, and the other protocols. And then what we will then do is we do a time-weighted average price, or, or normally a VWAP, right, which is a volume-weighted. So if I'm executing one BTC, and let's say top of book is Binance at 10,000, and it's 20%, so it's zero or two. Next top of book is B2C2, which is a market maker, and they're offering 0.4 also at 10,000. So then we slice that order. That, that one, that slice of one will slide, be sliced into volume. And our algos will automatically place that at top of book across all the market makers and all of the liquidity partners and providers so that we get a much better average price. So the person executing through one venue would essentially get filled at, say, 10,800, if we go back to the same scenario. Whereas with us, should probably get executed at 10,100 average price. A ton of money, which is a huge deal. And like, that's a, first of all, this is a, a huge feat to tackle. This is one that obviously plenty of people and companies out there have been trying to tackle. How is it that Finex Flow has been able to position itself to 
effectively be able to get this done. And then obviously you said there's a ton of other arms that come with it, other things that you can focus on after getting this set up. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of legal things that you're having to pay for. And also just having to work with all these different exchanges, there's a lot of collaborations that have to go into this. So like, how has this journey been with getting all of this set up? I'm sure it's been a huge mountain to climb. Yeah. So first of all, the biggest issue is obviously the tech side, right? The aggregation has been hand-built essentially by Thomas. It's already going through extensive testing as well, because obviously for us to get our licenses around the world. So we're licensed here, here in Singapore. We're acquiring a license in Europe. So we're going to be across 27 member states. Also getting a license from the SEC and a bit license in New York. And then we will then go across all 50 states, right? So the first issue really is the tech and the aggregation and making sure that the latency and the way that TWAP, VWAP and all of this process works. And then simple things like, like limit order, market order. How does the mathematical equations behind that work? It can get pretty technical. Um, yeah. So all of this kind of brainstorming and mapping and mind mapping and Gantt charts and everything really needs to be created to begin with. Then obviously the tech stack, the way that it's been built, the way that it's been built from scratch. There are certain white labels that you can kind of get or aggregation systems that you can kind of piece together and put together from various places, but it's, it's pretty useless because you need your system to be elastic and it needs to be able to handle a lot of messages per second. So for instance, if you have 10,000 messages per, per second from our side and our liquidity partners, they may only be able to handle, say, 1,000 messages per second. We can actually shut down the underlying exchanges or market makers because we're bombarding their servers. So the collaboration with our underlying liquidity pools is very, very important. We need to speak to their technical team because we have an elastic system. We can expand and we can, doesn't matter, we can hammer their system with as many messages as what they can handle. But if we keep on shutting their service down, they're going to get pretty angry pretty quickly, right? So we have to collaborate pretty quick. We have already been collaborating with now 25 plus, plus partners. We're now in the early discussions with some banks here, here in Singapore. So some Singaporean banks. We're trying to add a lot of liquidity. The protocols and most exchanges are, are open source. So they normally work off REST and WebSockets. We have a technical standardization, which is a fixed API, because this is what most of our clientele within the institutional realms, whether it's a hedge fund, whether it's a family office, whether it's a bank. We've had a lot of prime of prime inquiries already, and they want to have technical standardization. That's normally through a fixed protocol. So we have total standardized fix, which also reduces latency. We also co-locate as well. So we have co-location with some of our partners. If the listeners don't understand what co-location is, it's very, very important. It's for latency issues. So if you're sat in your bedroom, wherever you are, let's say that you're in New York, you're trying to fire off a trade and it's going through Huobi servers that are in, say, Korea, right? So by the time your messaging service goes all the way through to Korea, then goes in, then tries to hit their system and says, okay, filled or partially filled, whatever it is, and then it comes back to you. That whole round, what we class as a round trip after the execution, it could be a second, it could be two seconds, it could be a milliseconds, right? But what we do within our infrastructure is we co-locate with each one of our underlying partners. That means that instead of sending it around the world and having this global distribution, we're sending it through maybe, I don't know, an inch cable. We're in the same server space and the rack space as where, as where our underlying liquidity partners are. So that's how we also give our traders and our people energy over the market. As I said, this is not your first rodeo. You're being extremely thorough with this. The fact that you have been able to piece together all of these various things that need to be done in order to effectively set this up, has this just been through going through previous entrepreneurial experiences? Is this from just a really great team or a board of directors? How are you able to truly map all of this out to set this up? 
a lot of it's kind of experience from the traditional world. I know what works from the traditional world, what doesn't work. It's actually very, very good coming with extensive experience from a more regulated environment because you can you can come into a place where there's not where there's loose regulations and there's certain things from the regulated world that kind of don't work, right? So you can also integrate and execute things. You make improvements across the traditional world, which is what I really want to do. I want to make this more efficient than the traditional world so that more traditional money comes in. And then obviously, we get to evolve the space a, a, a lot, a lot faster. The way that's done is, is essentially mapping everything out from day one. We, like I had a vision, sitting down with Thomas and kind of like really, really hashing things out. You have to be really like to the granular level where we really understand exactly what needs to be done, when it needs to be executed, having real like detailed plans as well, like Gantt charts. Okay, when does this have to be completed by? When does this have to be completed by? Strategically as well, team members. So team members in different locations, who can we trust? How, how do we grow our team? How is it going to be evolving? What's going to be even our co- corporate culture? down to these granular levels that people don't really even like, don't even really see to begin with. This is what we're already developing and thinking about. And we always have a very inclusive environment. So it doesn't matter who works with us, like what their title is. We open lots of these key discussions up to everybody. I'm being an entrepreneur. I already feel being inclusive with everyone within the team, especially coming from like the banking world. Like when, when you're a trader, you don't get to see the rest of what's going on, all the operations, everything else. Whereas with us, we're super inclusive. We try to get even like people from sales that can get involved in ops, ops get involved in devs. Like so, we 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 all give our our our, our own ideas on the way that things could be done. It's not a dictatorship. I really want there to be a lot of smart people around me. And I always say that if that if I'm the smartest guy, I mean I'm pretty smart. But if I'm the smartest guy in the room, there's a problem. I want to have super 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 clever people, and that's very important for any company. I mean, if you look at the even any business, right, like biggest businesses in the world are all around the staff. If you strip, say, Apple, for instance, is one of the world's leading brands, right? If you take all the staff out, yeah, I mean, you've got a shell company, but you don't have the company valuation you would have because you've got all the smart minds in there. That's super, super important for us to make sure that we have a great culture, a great working life. We, we all work very, very, very hard to achieve the highest levels. We believe that we can become... It's, it sounds to some people a little bit egotistical, but I believe we can become the number number one crypto venue pretty quickly considering all of the benefits that we can add from a technical standardization from from all of our tech team and all the smart smart advisors that we have you mentioned coach k previously very very smart guy i also need guidance as well so i don't want to be like 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 this egotistical maniac saying oh i'm fantastic because i'm i'm pretty new to crypto last couple of years so i want to make sure i've got these guys that have been around the space for five six seven years that are also giving their input we have a very great fantastic advisory board especially when it comes to acquiring acquiring regulations um, I've acquired regs globally before, but this is also very important, constructing a super strong legal team, having a very strong compliance team. We've just uh, we've just gone and headhunted the executive director of Standard Chartered Bank, who was their whole, he was basically the head of their compliance team for the, the whole of their le- electronic trading. So we can kind of, because of our existing relationships and people know me, so I can go into the banks and I go, go into the hedge funds and I can bring these guys into crypto that would not, not 
even think about it because of my relationship I have with them and they know who I am. So it's also very interesting to go into these established institutions where they've got a very comfortable life, as you know, when you're an institution and moving into a startup. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a long-winded answer to your question, but I, I, I guess I guess the key, the key message here really is uh, about firing staff and just having a great team and then you build it out from scratch and then obviously having fantastic leaders that can drive essentially the ship. We want to give a quick shout out to our platinum sponsor, Emirate, where you can become part of the world's fastest growing IoT wireless network. You can earn up to $25 or more a month by getting a free cool spot today. What is a cool spot, you may ask? Well, it's just like a Wi-Fi hotspot that you use to connect your devices, except you earn Helium HNT every time it is used. How can you earn from this? HNT is your reward for hosting and being an active, valuable participant in the Helium network. How secure is your cool spot? It has end-to-end encryption and it is used to secure your device and to ensure your privacy on multiple layers. Go to our show notes or go to our website to click the link to get your cool spot delivered to you for free today. No doubt. For everyone listening, go back and listen to all that again, especially if you're building your own company and if you're thinking about how do you put the right pieces in place to grow and expand. He just left a ton of great nuggets there. And I definitely want you to go back and listen through that. But next thing I kind of want you to walk through just very quickly is uh, give us a roadmap of 2021 is looking like it's going to be a pretty solid year for Finex Flow. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So the anticipation is that March will be when the product goes live. And we have some special features within our product coming from a trading background. Uh, so we have one, one click trading. Which is super super important. So I want to get it, get, get into the market. I see I see uh, an opportunity. I don't I don't don't be clicking around on multiple screens. We have multi multi screen charting as well. We're also integrating uh, heat maps and, and lots of other map overlays to make sure that the that, that the trading view screen is 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 giving accessibility. So I know from our due diligence of the crypto world, there's a lot of people that use multiple charting software, and we can't really basically put all the heat maps and everything in one place as well as having one place for execution. Um, I would anticipate that by the end of Q1, Q2, will be shortly followed by our mobile application, because I know a lot of people want to be able to use to, to use mobile. We also have the technical standardization, which I mentioned before, which is fixed API. So we're going to be plugging in a lot of our transactional flow straight into which passes Prime, Prime, which is a pre-existing brokerages out there that are doing a lot of traditional flow, but they now want to move into crypto. So we will be plugging our fixed API into these guys and they will be bombarding us with with all of their transactions, which is fantastic for us. But, but by the end of this year, because we're, uh, we're, we're, we're an aggregator, this is an exclusive for you. It was only hashed out last week, so I, so I can give you some, some inside in, information. We've just created now a data point, like, like it's a data side to the business because we get all the aggregation and all of the messaging and all of the information. We're going to be packaging up this data. So we're going to be packaging and producing that. That can be produced to hedge funds. Like There's a lot of counterparties that can take advantage of this. It'll be execution data. It'll be best price data. It will be on exactly like, like globally where's, where certain flow coming from. So all this statistics are also being built in as well. So we're building out 
the whole back end, which also incorporates machine learning. So it learns like trading patterns. It also gives us lots of trade surveillance as well. So we're able to, to review certain traders where they look at the way that they're acting during certain times. We're also going to be running a, a, data, a data business off the back of the, uh, the actual business itself for, for the aggregation and the execution. Retail is going to be the main focus in Q1. Q2 will be mainly the institutions. And then there will also be some white labels of our products and things like that. So it's going to be a really, really exciting time for 2021. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for sharing that exclusive with us. Sounds like you have a lot of great things cooking. Everyone definitely listening. Make sure you stay abreast of everything that FinX Flow has going. But really quickly, another quick conversation I want to have with you slash just pick your brain on is as we head into 2021, it's looking like there's a ton of eyes that are being placed into the crypto space. You see a lot of institutional money starting to enter the market. You see a lot of people seeing as crypto being as potential safe haven compared to some equity markets that are out there. What is your take on where we are headed in the crypto space, uh, let's say over the next year, the next five to 10 Next year, I still I still feel as though that we, we are we are evolving very very quickly, right? There's a lot of institutional players, as, as you say. I mean, great grayscale they keep on buying, buying, buying. The reason why we haven't seen the the price action of of grayscale buying so much BTC is because they're they're clearly doing it through OTC, right? So they're so they're not actually going onto an exchange. It's going to be an OTC trade because if not, technically the price of Bitcoin would not be where where it is right now. So they're just there's a lot of like institutional players now. I mean, they have been asking people like me for the past year, year and a half that we've, we've seen private banks even coming, reaching out saying, hey, we've got a lot of requests from our clients. Before, it was more around like client driven. So it was the clients wanting, speaking to their bankers and saying, hey, I want to get involved in crypto. How do I do this? Right. So then the banks kind of said, oh, well, you know, we don't really want to deal with you. So for us, for instance, trying to get a bank account was extremely difficult trying to say we're a crypto firm. Oh, we don't deal in crypto. No, 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 no. So the banks have been trying to push away crypto companies for a long, long time. They're now opening up more because the regulators are opening up. The overall macro view is that across the next year, I believe it's going to open up even more. The reason why it's going to open up even more is because every government pretty much around the world, whether it's, whether it's China, whether it's America, whether it's Europe, all of the central banks around the world are all looking at CBDCs. So this means that the bank is currencies are all going to be coming out. That means that puts even more pressure on, on the institutions because it becomes more mainstream. I feel as though like, like the last year, two years, of people been asking about getting involved or watching the space. Now they're physically getting involved. And now there's FOMO as well. So there's lots of guys saying, how do I get in? What do I do? <laughs> like, what's, what's, what's going on? So I feel as though there's going to be a lot more institutional players within, within the next year that will, that will get involved especially from a governmental point of view, CBDCs, that's going to evolve us really, really quick as well. Because as soon as the first really rolls out, I think Bahamas was the first. I think Swedish Krona is going to be out. The Thai government have recently come out with their own DeFi part of their bond markets, which is super, super intriguing to be watching, right? So it's really interesting to see that the governments at this kind of level are getting involved. And then obviously that 
brings further credibility. And then obviously we want we want to get rid of the you, you know the bad, the bad vibes around all oh, cryptos. It's a way that people get around uh, money for money laundering and these kind of things. The regulators are bringing out so so FATCA, they're bringing out the travel rule. So it's going to be exactly the same as the traditional world as when as when you're executing a, a was an NT one nine nine and all these swift swift payments. So they're going to be aligning this as well. So, uh, so that so that's great news. And then, obviously, the next five years, I think I think the world's going to turn digital totally. I mean, when when was the last time in Singapore, at least, that I, I even had any cash? I mean, like, can't remember that I had any fiat, like even a fifty dollar note. I don't even remember the last time I had one on me because everything is already digitalized, right? Everything, everywhere you go, it's it's like you, you tap your card, boom, and that's it. It's, it's it's paid. So I feel as though there's an easier way for us to move into this digital, new digital world. In mainland China, for instance, you have beggars on the streets that only use like digital currency, right? <laughs> they, they only accept digital payments. They don't accept fiat. So yeah, I, I really feel as though within the next five years, that because of the CBDC, the way that the world's evolving, blockchain technology is evolving so, so fantastically well in the world from the supply chain angle as well. It's not just purely about cryptocurrencies, it's about all these other aspects that blockchain can be integrated into. And that just develops the whole space and then it builds more credibility. And then and then the governments open up and then that's it. We will be the number one industry, I, I, I feel, within the, within the next three, three to five years. Everyone wants to be in a space. Everyone sees the way that it's growing. And nobody wants to be left out. And then the money starts getting pumped in. Um, and then that's yeah. it. I mean, I think that's a really great and interesting take, uh, especially at your timelines within three to five years. I've heard anywhere from three years to 10 years to the next 20. But like, again, regardless, it's still looking like the trend is headed towards this space, especially what you say with CBDCs. Governments are trying to get involved. And, you know, if governments are getting involved, like there's a lot of attention being brought to the space. And just like you said, FOMO starting to set in. People do not want to miss out. I really do appreciate that insight for everyone listening. Just make sure that you are always continuing to do your research. Make sure that if you are listening to this and you want to get more involved, start taking your first steps, start learning, figure out how you can get that first trade in. And so you can like be involved in that, in the space. Cause as soon as you have some vested interest in, you want to pay attention, you want to start learning more, you can, you, you start getting more and more involved. So really quick, James, I really do appreciate you being on the show, but what is a final thought that you want to leave with all of our listeners here today? you're sat on the fence and you're thinking about getting in, I would always say start off very small. So anyone trying trying to move into a new market or been watching the space, been viewing things, I would say start off, dip your toe in the market. I would also try to urge people to do as much due diligence as they possibly can because crypto can still be a, a wild place and there's a lot of people that can be dishonest within the space so just be very very careful um then obviously the guy the guys that are more evolved and have been involved in the space keep on doing what, what you're doing keep on trading keep on trying to help the space evolve uh, take advantage there's lots of opportunities i feel in 2021 that are going to be coming up please watch the next flow and be part of our journey um, we really want to have we also have a DAO governance system. So by holding our SXF token, you're able to have input to the platform on who we aggregate and which direction we go. So we don't want this to be like, like a banking relationship where you know you, nobody has a voice. So we really want to open this up to our community. And please, please join our Telegram and, and contact us directly. Awesome. Well, tell me, just like you said there, you know, what are some ways that people can connect with you, James, and also keep learning more about Finex Flow? Our website is finexflow.com. So it's F-I-N-X 
flflo.com. We have a Telegram group as well, so Flow Official. You can message us in there. You can join. You can reach out to us. I'm also, I think I'm one of the admins in there. So if there's any specific questions, I'm always happy to, to help or answer anything. Obviously, you have to give me time to get back to you. But I always try to try to answer any, any, anyone that's more intrigued about space. And I always try to help people wherever I can. Amazing. Well, again, James, thank you so much for being on our show today. And for everyone listening, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Tulane Tyler. Richard's insight and commentary on the podcast is invaluable. Not only is it incredibly educational, but also fun and engaging at the same time. Great work on the podcast. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew, you asked and we delivered. We have received multiple requests for access to cool crypto and blockchain projects that you could use immediately. Well, we have recently launched our partnerships page. If you go to our website and go to the partnerships tab, you'll be able to see multiple companies that have partnered with us to not only give you access to the cool products that they have to offer, but then also give you cool discounts to get started today. So please go to our website, go to the partnerships tab and check out the various partners that we have today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay cryptocurrent. Please use available access now.